Welcome to this week's episode of Pour Another Round, where we're here to discover and share the stories behind the breweries filling up your glass. Today, we're chatting with David and Abby from Zimbaldi in Green Bay, Wisconsin. We're heading back to Green Bay this week, but we encountered a first. You know the basic question of how do you come up with the name XYZ for your brewery? We've asked it dozens of times before, but this one, this is a completely made-up word. But let's not give any spoilers away here, Jonathan. We'll we'll have to (laughs) make them listen to find out what the heck Zimbaldi even means. Right. Uh, And for all you dog lovers out there, this episode is, uh, is one for you. David and Abby love dogs, and they have many brewery initiatives to bring some pooches together. And they've even got some dog-themed beer names and support different uh, dog initiatives. And they even have their own dog named after beer. And one of my favorite things about this episode was hearing about the Zambaldi founders and their global travels that led to their beer passion. And in a unique fashion, David started homebrewing in an army barracks in 1999. <laughs> So if that doesn't sound like the most patriotic thing ever, I don't know what does. Beer exactly. and defending freedom. <laughs> uh, so grab yourself a beer, find your favorite dog, and enjoy our conversation with David and Abby from Zimbaldi Beer in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Tavor makes it easy to access and discover the highest rated craft beers from all over the world right through their mobile app. Get the best in craft beer delivered to your doorstep from over 650 breweries in 47 different states. But Jonathan, how does it work? All you have to do is download the Tavor app from your phone's app store. And if you enter the promo code POUR, that's P-O-U-R, at sign up, you will receive $10 in credit after spending $25 on the app. And with all the good beer, that's pretty easy to do. Beer lovers can build their own custom beer box or subscribe to have the top-rated beers automatically shipped to you. So fill your beer fridge with unique, hard-to-find craft beers from independent craft breweries by downloading the Tavor app. That's Tavor. T-A-V-O-U-R. And be sure to enter the promo code POUR, like pour another round, at sign up and before placing your first beer in the crate. I'm Jonathan. And I'm Cameron. We like beer. Some of the best stories start with beer. Now it's time to make beer the story. Pour another round and drink with us as we explore the stories behind your favorite beers and breweries. Today we're chatting with David and Abby from Zambaldi Beer in Green Bay, Wisconsin. David, Abby, thanks so much for being here with us on Pour Another Round today. Thanks for having us. Thank you. So David, you started your brewing hobby, which led into a brewing career in an army barracks in Washington State. You know, I've, I've personally never joined the army, but I'm pretty sure people don't join the army to brew beer in their barracks. So how does that even come to be a thing that happens? Yeah, uh, we were, I was stationed at Fort Lewis, which is right in between Olympia and Tacoma, so in uh, western Washington, and uh, two of my buddies and I one weekend were bored, and we had all known people who had homebrewed but never done it ourselves, so we went out, we bought a kit, and we made a batch of homebrew in our room in the barracks, and it turned out 
we thought pretty good. I'd love to try it again now that I'm a little more steeped in <laughs> the beer industry, but uh, yeah. we were happy with it. So we just kept going. So what was that first beer that you were making in the barracks? Uh, it was a homebrew kit and it was a pale ale. Uh, the guy that sold it to us, I remember, gave us like a half a pound of crushed crystal malt and an extra ounce or two of hops to throw in the whirlpool to sort of juice up the homebrew kit. It was one of those things that wasn't it like, it wasn't not allowed, but it also wasn't really <laughs> allowed. Yeah, strictly speaking, there was no cooking allowed in the barracks. But we all, uh, my two buddies and I had all been stationed in Korea. So we all had little water boiling pots to make ramen on in our rooms. Mm. We just kind of kept them in the, in the closet. Uh, so when we were bringing this up to a boil, another friend had a six inch plug in burner. So we had three gallons of water on this tiny little burner. We would <laughs> scoop out our ramen pots and bring them up to a boil and sort of cycle it back and forth. So it took us like hours to get up to a boil, but yeah. we would just put a movie on. We didn't care. And then uh, a couple weeks in, we were homebrewing on the weekend and, you know, you can smell it in the entire barracks and I'm taking our pot down at the end of the day to wash in laundry room. And our first sergeant, who's the uh, enlisted, the highest enlisted man in the company came through and he said, what are you doing with that pot? You know, there's no cooking allowed in the barracks. And I said, we're not cooking first sergeant. We're making beer. <laughs> he he kind of, you know, glowered at me a little bit and said, you know, are you giving it to anybody underage? And I said, no, we're not. And if it's a problem, we have friends who live off base. We can do it at their house instead. And he said, as long as it's not a problem, you can keep going. So, well, yeah, co cooking is a loose terminology. Just because right? there's yeah. heat. I mean, we're not making not technically food. cooking. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think our second or third batch, we did a cherry stout where we mashed up a bunch of whole cherries and put them in the bucket. We did our fermentation in my buddy's uh, wall locker, like a closet. And the cherries foamed up and clogged the airlock and actually blew the <laughs> lid off the bucket. So all of his cleaned and pressed uniforms got covered with partially fermented cherry stout. So so when your first sergeant says it's fine to do it as long as it's not a problem, then it became a problem. <laughs> we, the three of us split the dry cleaning bill to get all of his uniforms. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we're talking to David and then Abby is your wife, right? Yep. Um, so who, who, is there anyone else involved in, in Zambaldi or is it, is it David and Abby? Are you kind of the, the ones in charge running the show and, and doing kind of every bit of everything or who else uh, is involved uh, with you guys? Yeah, so it's uh, David and I, and then my brother, Wade, who lives in Minneapolis, is a small uh, partner as well. He's got uh, his MBA um, from Chicago, so he's kind of our numbers and finance guy. So always good to have a numbers guy in your back pocket. And then we've got a great team at the brewery. Um, we've got a, a manager and then a bunch of bartenders, and then Dave's got an assistant brewer in the brewery. So you know, we are, we're the face of Zambaldi beer, but we've got a great team behind us and, you know, you can't do it without the team. Speaking of the face of Zambaldi, your logo is a man and a woman drinking a pint glass each. Did you guys sit for that picture? <laughs> you know, we didn't. Um, so, so it actually is based off of uh, Dave's profile, but uh, okay. I've got pretty short hair and wasn't quite sure if my profile was going to come through uh, on a logo. So we kind of went with the every woman. Uh, our logo is a woman in profile who's got a, like a ponytail um, mm -hmm. that you can tell. But it was really important to us to have equal representation on that logo. Um, women are a huge sector of craft beer. 
uh, are really underrepresented in advertising and logos. Um, it's a bit of a boys club. Uh, so we really felt because it's a husband and wife team, we wanted women to feel equally as valued and important when they come into our tap room. So um, we've got women on staff. Uh, one of our bartenders, our assistant manager, mm-hmm. Riley, just got her certified system. Uh, nice. Certified beer server. Yeah, mm-hmm. so she's okay. on the first level. So I mean, like, we're all really into beer, but yeah, we're it's really important for us to have women representation because it's just not really there yet. It's getting there, but it's it's still some there's some work to be done. And Abby, you actually found your love for beer backpacking through Munich, Germany. Is that correct? I did. Yeah, I was not such a beer girl. It's kind of embarrassing to be a Wisconsin girl and not be super into <laughs> beer. Um, but I was uh, 19 and backpacking through Europe. And um, I was at the Hofbrauhaus and ordered a Diet Coke. <laughs> um, did everyone just like stop what they were doing and look at you? Like, what yeah. is happening? The polka music stopped and everyone dropped their pretzels and just stared at me. Um, and they said it was like 10 euro. And I was like, that's a, and this was, you know, 15, 16 years yeah, ago, something 16 like that. years yep. ago. And I was like, I don't know how much money. Um, I can't spend all my food money on beer. And I was like, how much, or I can't spend all my money on, on the soda. And so I was like, well, how much is a beer? And they're like, it's four euro. And I was like, okay, <laughs> okay, I'll try it. <laughs> I'll get a wheat beer. Uh, what's like your lightest beer. So she brought me one and I was like, this is delicious. <laughs> I think I just had, you know, beer at a frat party and a solo cup. And I was like, this is gross. I don't want to drink this. So man, I came back and was like, good beer is really good. (laughs) This is delicious. So yeah, I had just had my like first beer at the Hofbrauhaus. And that summer is the summer that I met Dave and he was really into craft beer. So I don't know if it would have, if we would have made it, if I still would have been drinking Diet Coke. Uh, but, yeah, would have made things challenging. But, right. But thank goodness I had just figured out how delicious beer was and met someone who is super passionate about it. Well, I definitely could think of worse, uh, worse places to be drinking a lot of beer. That sounds pretty awesome. So what, what took you over to Europe to do this backpacking trip? I was just there with a friend and we were just backpacking Europe. We started in London and we had backpacked around. Uh, so yeah, beer was not the focus. Um, in a later trip, David and I actually went on a beer centered uh, European vacation in Germany oh, awesome. and Belgium, um, which really was pretty fantastic. Was so yeah. he got to set the itinerary and it was <laughs> pretty rad. So we rented a tiny, tiny little car and drove all around uh, Belgium uh, oh, to fantastic cool. uh, breweries. And it was super fun. So yeah, uh, my first one ignited uh, my beer passion. And then we really, um, uh, a couple of years ago, and we were able to go and just drink all the beer. Uh, on that beer trip then, David, w- do you remember a favorite stop of yours throughout Europe that was just like, yep, that is, that is what I came on this trip for? You know, we very carefully chose our destination. So pretty much everywhere we went was amazing. But Yeah, for sure. Um, a couple of weeks before we left, we happened to bump into the U.S. Uh, sales director, manager for Chimay. And, uh, you know, I had chatted with him. I was working in a brewery at the time. And I said, oh, we're going in a couple of weeks. We're so excited. He said, you know, you, you can't go to the brewery, the public. It's not open to the public. And I said, yeah, I know, but there's the cafe and we'll go. And he said, well, here's my card. Send me an email and I can probably get you a tour. So Abby and I wound up on like a three-quarter day long tour of the brewery, the monastery. You know, we saw the chapel where the monks pray. 
they did a they took us to the cafe and bought us lunch and then we did a tasting in their laboratory which they finished up with a 16 year old bottle of chimay blue that they had been cellaring and after that whole experience of the day having a perfectly cellared chimay blue that was 16 years old (laughs) in the chimay lab was Probably the most memorable beer experience of my life. I could imagine. Yeah. yeah. So the entire time we're like, who do these people think we are? It was just <laughs> us. It was the two of us and they're like North American sales director. Mm-hmm. And like Dave was a brewer at a small brewery in Green Bay. And I worked there too. I mean, like we were like, who do these people? Yeah. Think it's, it's one of those experiences where when they ask you a question, you say the minimal amount of words yeah, so you don't ruin anything. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. we're like, they're going to kick us off. Like, they're going to kick us out. They're going to find out. Uh-huh. Yeah, but they're like, we just love having Americans drink so much of this beer. We just love, we had a day and we just love telling people about the beer. And yeah, it was incredible it was like being in Willy Wonka's chocolate factory that's it was, yeah, it was yeah, amazing really cool yeah yeah we had dozens of in world-class and memorable beers but that one of course really stands out yeah I can I can imagine but then also uh Wade has had his own global expeditions on beer uh you know from Budapest to Alaska to to Chile so we're <laughs> this is just like a family affair of beer now so how, how did Dave travel the world with beer as well no, I'm sorry Wade travel the beer the world with beer as well. Yeah. I mean, I feel like being a good uh, Northeastern Wisconsin kiddos, uh, you know, Wade definitely had a taste for it before I did to the U of M. Uh, And yeah, uh, he's just, he's lucky enough to travel. Uh, He was in Budapest. Uh, We skied as a family in Chile. Uh, Yeah. He's been to Alaska. He's been all over the place Mm -hmm. and we're constantly texting each other, buying beer for each other. Um, Yeah. Trying to figure out what's the cool new thing. And yeah, it is. It's definitely a family, a family affair for sure. You know, Abby's family are all, uh, they were bigger wine fans. Um, and Abby knew, I didn't know much about wine. I was bartending at a fine dining place when we met. So I was learning her family and my family have always been really focused on good food and good beverage and sort of the quality of the experience. So it was a natural for us when we met to really explore you know, she taught me a lot about wine. I taught her a lot about beer. We've always sought out good food. We both really like to cook, but we know that the most important part of those experiences, you have to have good food and good beverage, but it's the people you're with. It's the places you're in. It's that Chimay story in the lab with the guy after the whole day of the tour made that experience. And, you know, that's sort of, we, we chase these great beers and these experiences. And it just was a good fit for us to form a family and make this business to focus on that. And that's really what we wanted to do with our tap room. So we really spent a lot of time figuring out what we wanted the tap room to look like and feel like. And we wanted it to be family friendly, um, which for people outside of Wisconsin is kind of a weird concept. But uh, (laughs) people, I feel like in Wisconsin, definitely, and in the craft beer world, know that it's a lot of families. It's a lot of folks with young kids. Um, And if your kiddos are happy, you get to have another beer. Um, so we've got a kid's area in our brewery with coloring books and puzzles and games and stuff and a big chalkboard wall. Yep. For the kids (laughs) to entertain themselves while you maybe get to have that second beer while the kids are happy. Mm -hmm. We've got, uh, large tables, uh, communal tables. There's, there's bright colors and the chairs. So we really just wanted it to feel really warm and welcoming as a space. So, cause we know that the best beers that you have. It's the people that you're with. It's all about the people. The beer's got to be great. And we make 
top-notch beer, but it's all about that experience. And if there's live music on the patio and you've got your dog and your family and it's super fun, it's going to be the best beer you've ever had because it's, it's the whole package. Yeah. I have a, I have a five-year-old and his first, his first excursion at three weeks old was actually to Titletown Brewing Company. (laughs) So yeah, this whole Wisconsin thing where kids go to bars and breweries, absolutely. (laughs) It's normal. Yep. Our son is five, and I think he was seven days old when we took him to Badger State for the first time. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> We've got a great, great picture of him in his car seat because he was taking a snooze. We planned it during nap time, nice. and yeah. he's reaching out towards my sampler. He's just like little baby <laughs> hand is going for it. I'm like, yeah, that's what he wants. You know he's ours. Sampler. <laughs> 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 That's funny. So yeah, uh, yep. We've got we pride ourselves on having changing stations in both the men's room and the women's room. I mean, it's really family friendly. Like I said, we do a lot of live music, and uh, dogs are welcome on our patio. So we really just want it to be a really. We don't want there to be any boundaries. Bring the kids. Bring the dog that you've abandoned all week, and on a Friday night, you're like, I just can't leave the dog again to go out. Bring the dog. So yeah, it's just we're just going for that you know community vibe. And when you guys were, you were interested in opening a brewery, you actually had a dog named Porter, right? So if that doesn't scream uh, (laughs) beer fanatics, I'm not sure what does. Yeah, we adopted our dog. Uh, We actually were involved in the first beer and biscuits, which is a a sort of brew food fest for Happily Ever After. Uh, Abby was the event manager at Titletown, and we hosted the very first ones. We met the folks there. When we were ready to adopt a dog, we adopted our dog through Happily Ever After and named her Porter after my favorite beer style. So then when we brewed, our very first beer under the Zambaldi label was a porter. We named it Good Dog Porter. Well, that sounds appropriate to pour our first round of Good Dog Porter. Let's talk more about that beer. Sounds good. No. So while, uh, while Jonathan's opening up this beer, talk about Porter if you want, your dog Porter, or you can talk about the beer. We'll, we'll leave it up to you. Which, which way you want to go here? Sure. Well, the beer, I've been, I fell in love with craft beer when I lived out in Washington, and Black Butte Porter was my first beer love. So I've always been a fan of the style um, back, you know, this is in the late, early 2000s. So there wasn't a lot of beer available. Fuller's London Porter, Black Butte Porter was available out there. I love the flavors and the intensity of the darker beers, but that it was still light bodied and still drinkable. I could still have a few beers and have a conversation and not be too full. So this Good Dog Porter is basically the culmination of 20 plus years since I started homebrewing trying to brew the porter that I want to drink. So it's in the English style, it's light bodied, it's under 5% ABV, but it's got a lot of that intense flavor that you get from the roasted malts, but being lighter, being lower ABV, you can drink it all day. You can survive a whole Packer game and drink porter. <laughs> there you go. Is, is the dog that's on the label for good dog porter, is that modeled after your dog porter? So it is a picture of our dog. She's a boxer, American bulldog, mutt. Um, so yeah, it is a picture of our dog. We actually sell stickers at the brewery with her picture on it as well for the logo. She's famous. So, I know she's kind of a big deal. She's done a couple of meet and greets at a local, uh, at a local beer place that you can bring your dog to. So, you know, she's kind of a big deal. She does find herself on the Zambaldi patio fairly frequently. Um, she's getting up there in age though. So we try to keep her social engagements limited. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she's a great dog, a great family dog. And we always joke, we've got two kids, um, but the dog's the only one with a beer named after her. So, <laughs> that was going to be my follow-up question at one point is, are your kids named after beer as well? Yeah, right. <laughs> it's hops and barley. Right. No, they're, they're not, but we do joke that like, she's our first baby. So, mm-hmm. you know, she gets her own beer. So she's got a special place in her heart. 
Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. Well, and did you say that this was the first beer that you brewed at, at Zimbaldi in the tab room? It is. Well, it's actually the first beer we brewed under the Zambaldi name because we started brewing. We partnered up with Sand Creek Brewing Company. It was a huge help to get us off the ground. So I actually drove out to Black River Falls to brew these batches of beer and bring them back in kegs. But Porter was the very first recipe that we did with those guys. So if my research proves correct, is that also the beer that you brewed for your own wedding? Uh, that's not the beer we brewed for Damn our it, wedding. So Your close. research was Sorry. not correct. <laughs> Sorry. So well, it alluded brew, to it. I didn't, didn't say which one it was. <laughs> I did brew a beer for our wedding um, called Clan Malcolm that was a Scottish, basically a 70 shilling ale. And then that beer is the very first one we brewed in brewery when the system got commissioned. There it is. I knew there was something close there. Yeah. yeah. Just by sheer coincidence, that first brew happened on Valentine's Day. So I kind of figured, oh. now I'm set for life for Valentine's Day gifts. <laughs> yeah. Like I did it, That's... the first one at the brewery on Valentine's Day, the wedding beer, and I'm out. Either that or you set the bar so high, you are screwed the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah, I think there should still be Valentine's Day gifts. I think we actually still have to celebrate that. Is it, is it every year on Valentine's Day, he just gives you a card that says, remember what I did the first time? <laughs> remember yeah. that beer? Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. Happy Valentine's Day. It's yeah. gone now, but I love you, baby. Yeah, no, it does not the, count. The beer's gone. I'm not. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> no. Well, so, sorry, that guy really. <laughs> no, that's okay. Uh, but speaking of the, the the meet and greet with the dogs, like I've been to the, your brewery in the tap room several times and you've had the uh, foster dog meet and greet kind of on your patio. Is that happily ever after? Or wh- like why, what, where does this love of dogs come from? And how did you incorporate that into the brewery that, that is making this community like dog friendly community within your brewery? Yeah, I think it's important. Like I said, we just want to make sure that there aren't any obstacles to come out and want this really to be a community gathering place. Um, Happily Ever After is our is our favorite animal shelter. We really love those guys and love what they're doing in our community. So that's where we got Porter from. We also think supporting local community nonprofits is a big part about being a community, part of the community. So once a month, we do a Pints with a Purpose. Um, so we select a nonprofit in our community and then donate a dollar for every pint or flight or to go beer sold just to support local nonprofits. So, um, yeah, we've done, you know, animal shelters. We've done. Um, oh, man. I mean, we've done like the domestic violence center. Yeah, we've done. It, it's been so many. It's honestly kind of hard to remember. Yeah. It's, but so awesome it's on our it's on our website. And uh, so nonprofits apply and ask to be a part of the event. And yeah, so it's it's really fun to see a different crew come in. It's great because it helps us drive business. Um, we do it on a Tuesday night uh, when we're not doing trivia or other programming. So it gets people in the door who've maybe never been in there before. And it's great for the nonprofits who, you know, get a nice check at the end of it. But yeah, we've done social activism. Uh, Joshua is a great one that we've helped out with. So it's fun to meet different people in our community who are doing great things because we've got a lot of awesome nonprofits um, and it's fun to support them. And, you know, you you start a business and everybody wants you to donate to their nonprofit and donate that gift basket. And we'd love to do it, but we also, you know, need to pay the bills. So this is a great kind of, you know, if you guys really hustle and get people in, we'll write you a nice check. So it works out really well and helps us support local nonprofits, which is important to us personally and professionally. Mm-hmm. And, and being a relatively new brewery too, it, it, has allowed you to develop some of those connections to the community and build some of those, those, you know, regulars coming through the doors and um, because people want to want to support something that's good. And you know, people like to like to drink good beer too. So you can do both at the same time. 
For sure. So we're actually located in the village of Alloway, which is between Green Bay and De Pere. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's a little village. We've got a Green Bay mailing address, but we're proud to be located in Alloway. And Alloway a couple of years ago did a feasibility study and a community study on what the community wanted. And they wanted a brewery in their community. And then they wanted a community gathering space. So we're kind of trying to keep a toe in both worlds. And Nailed it. We're support, right? So we're supporting the community and providing a spot. We've got a couple other folks who, you know, come in at three o'clock on a Tuesday and are having meetings. We've had people buy their first house and sign some paperwork, you know, at the brewery because they're buying a house two blocks away. It, it's cool to be a part of the community and see, you know, folks come in that we've known for a couple of years and come in with a baby. And it's, it's pretty cool. Well, Abby, you mentioned your brother went to University of Minnesota. David, you at least served uh, at the, the camp, um, base in Washington State, and you've obviously been all over the world, but are, are you guys from this community, or are you newly to the community that you just want to be a part of this now as well? Um, I'm a Green Bay native. I was born and raised here and uh, graduated from Green Bay West High, go Wildcats. And then uh, <laughs> right after graduation, I shipped out for five years uh, to the Army, so I've traveled around quite a bit. Yeah. And I'm originally from Shano. So it's about 45 minutes away from uh, Green Bay. But when you're a kid growing up in Shano, you have to go to Green Bay to buy jeans. So (laughs) it's a tiny town. So Green Bay is kind of your hometown. You tell people that you're from a town right outside of Green Bay when you introduce yourself out and about. So yeah. So this is really our community. Speaking of Shauna, Cameron just recently had Sundrop for the very first time. Okay. (laughs) Mother's milk. Right. <laughs> it. it was delicious it was it was great it's delicious yeah, I, I hope you did you have it in a bottle i in did have bottle? it in a bottle yes bottle. yep that's the real sundrop experience that's what i heard i heard well because we got it out of a fountain well we were at pigeon river, pigeon brewery, river brewery in marion and Love they it. do they do cherry pop yep with and they use sundrop and so we had, we were trying cherry pop, but we were talking with them, recording the Pigeon River episode, and we all about fell off our chair when Cameron said he had never had Sundrop before. I didn't so. know that that was going to be a big deal to say out loud. Yeah, <laughs> in Marion, yeah. County. <laughs> yeah, it's just not okay. Um, Lesson learned. <laughs> yeah, it's a big deal. Um, we're all very proud of Sundrop, and every household, I'm going to say, in Shano has a box of uh, Sundrop, you know, in their basement, and then you have a th- yeah. you keep the box, and the empties go back into it because those glass bottles are returnable, yes. so you get your deposit back. So, like every mom in Shano is like, "Don't throw that away! <laughs> Don't throw away that bottle that goes back under the bar downstairs." Like. <laughs> It's a well, thing. I, I grew up in a small town near Chicago, so I get what you're saying about you know the small town thing. But yes, I, I didn't know Sundrop was a thing. I don't know. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a Seven Up product, but yeah, it's a <laughs> brewed proudly. It's you know made proudly in Shano. They've got a Sundrop museum in Shano. I mean, like mm-hmm. it's they sponsor like the local. They call it Sundrop Days. It's like the local community festival. I mean, Sundrop's a pillar of that community. So sure. and it's delicious. It, it was great. I'm glad I tried it. <laughs> like Mountain Dew, but way better. Right, right. Exactly. <laughs> we should be doing an ad for them. Yeah, right. Love it. Yeah, right. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll see if we can pitch this up. As, <laughs> yeah. So at Zambaldi, you you guys believe every day is worth celebrating, and and everyone deserves great beer. And we've talked about your involvement in the community, and and you know, kind of celebrating those organizations and those people, but. What does that mean to you guys in that every day is worth celebrating and, and that everyone deserves great beer? 
That's a good question. So it actually comes from a philosophy of my grandparents. Um, so my maternal grandparents uh, were both public school teachers and they worked really hard at their jobs. But you know what? At five o'clock, the world stopped and they made themselves a Manhattan and a martini and they put out the cheese spread and the saltine crackers and it was happy hour. <laughs> and you didn't talk about work and you talked about life, usually had people over and it was a celebration that you've made it through another day. And sometimes it was ordinary and kids are running around. They had two girls, my mom and my aunt. And sometimes it was crazy, but every day deserves that pause and that celebration because you either made it through and it was awesome or you made it through and it was a slog, but every day really deserves to be celebrated. So it's really kind of our family philosophy and my parents do it. And when when we're at home, uh, you know, we try to have the world stop at 5.30 and there's a cocktail or a beer and the kids are having kitty cocktails. And it's Excellent. just a nice separation between your workday and the evening. And yeah, it's just a nice celebration that we made it through another one. I love that. Yeah, I like, I like that too. The, the deep meaning that goes behind relatively simple phrase that you've built your brewery, your business on but with a, such a deep meaning to, to you personally, I think it's really cool. Yeah. Thanks. And we just really, like we said before, we really just, it's who you're with. It's the experience. So to raise a glass and cheers at the end of the day, and we all cheers um, at the end of the day, it's just special. The kids are into it. We're into it. And it's just a nice separation between the work day and the work day is now done. And we can celebrate that day and have some family time and have some together time. Well, speaking of cheersing, should we, uh, we've got a few more of your, of your beers in front of us here. Um, should we pour another round and try Let's another one of your it. beers? What do you, what do you guys suggest here? We got the Zeta Grande and the, uh, um, the barrel, barrel. Yeah, box. I think probably the Zeta Grande next. So that one is a Mexican style Vienna lager, amber lager, light bodied and drinkable. The name Zeta Grande uh, is big Z in Spanish. Um, so you know, I figured if Dos Equis could be two X's, we could be a big Z. For <laughs> I don't always, I don't always drink big Z beer, but when I do, it's some baldy. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> has this, has this beer been around for quite a while? Um, has it been, been around since the beginning or when, uh, where did this idea come from? So this is a newer beer. We just released it. Um, I think around the beginning of August, unfortunately we released it about a week before our Oktoberfest. So, uh, the Oktoberfest, of course, gets so much traction that it's moving a little slowly. But uh, as the Oktoberfest runs out, I expect that to pick back up. But okay. um, we were the host brewery for the Locals Only this year, which is the All Green Bay Brewery collaboration. And my proposal was to do that Mexican amber style, the Mexican amber lager. And uh, the rest of the brewers wisely pointed out that they would all love to brew and drink that style of beer. But it's probably not the most attention getting on the shelf. And the point of the Locals Only is that it kind of makes a big splash everybody grabs it and it sort of disappears but was it the key lime this year yeah it was a coconut and lime blonde ale yeah um which was a lot of fun you know whenever all the brewers can get together it's uh it's unusual so it's really just a blast we're all in the same room but i still wanted to brew this beer so i brewed it after we did locals only because i had that idea stuck in my head and it's just a one-off for us so it's a brand new beer and once it's gone it may not come back for a while but one thing I love about running a little tap room like we have is I've got a lot of beer lines to play with so I can brew pretty much anything I want. And I try to keep a wide variety of styles all the time, but 
um, as things sort of pique my interest, I'm able to sneak a batch in and get a beer brew. Well, and it's, it's definitely uh, an easy drinking multi beer, and it's perfect for the season that we're in right now. That that Oktoberfest fall time. It's it's well done on that, and good timing on Thank it. You. And yeah, so I think it's it's a good one for it sure. Is, it is a good beer, so definitely recommend it. It's also really food friendly, which is nice. Um, yeah. We've got uh, Gallagher's Pizza location next door to us. And then we've got a lot of great local food just on our street. We've got a great Thai place, a great Mexican place um, that are locally owned. Um, and you can bring in the brewery, which is nice. Um, we don't have our own kitchen. We do offer snacks, um, soft pretzels and chips and dip and flavored popcorn. Yeah, we sold at soft pretzel. <laughs> right? Oh, they're from Milwaukee Pretzel Company. Oh my gosh. Yep. They do such so a good job. And then we made a we make a house made uh, good jug porter mustard to go with them. Ooh. It's pretty delish. Uh, so we've got e-covered pretty much, but if you need something more substantial, we've got great spots around us um, and you can bring in your own food or have Grubhub deliver it. And the Zeta Grande is just so, so malt focused. So it's so good with food. Yeah. Awesome. You, you sold me on the beer and the pretzels and all the food. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but we, so we are talking about names before and, and the meanings behind some of your, your words here. So talk about Zambaldi and where does that name of your brewing company come from? So when we were planning this brewery name, we knew that we needed to have essentially a made up name because it's impossible to, you know, everything you can think of, there's, I think there's over 7,000 breweries in the U S now. So pretty much every name you can think of has been used if it's actual words. Um, So, so Wade and Abby and I sat around the table one day and, you know, drank beer and brainstormed names. And throughout that process, we came up with Zambaldi uh, with uh, Abby's maiden name and Wade's last name is Xander. And our last name is Malcolm. So Xander and Malcolm. E-A-M for Zam. And then Wade and I are both bald. So Baldi, two of us, <laughs> we came up with Zambaldi. And uh, it was it was on the list at the end of the day and we hadn't quite settled on it. But a day or two later, we all reconnected and said, you know, I think Zambaldi's the name. And we kind of we kind of liked it and we stuck with it. You know, as all like beginning businesses do, then we made a Facebook page and we're like, all right, we're Zambaldi beer. This is amazing. <laughs> and within like 24 hours, we had a bunch of people from Sicily being like, our last name is Zambaldi. Are we related? <laughs> yes. Come drink our beer. <laughs> right? yeah. we're like We had a bunch of beer and made this up. Really? We made up your last name. So we have shipped t-shirts and glassware and that is tons fantastic. of stuff to Sicily because hmm? wow. a bunch of Zambaldi's well live done. there. Yeah, we've shipped all over the U.S. We've shipped to Italy. We've shipped to South America. Some Zambaldi's reached out. About four times a year, I get a Facebook message from someone in Italy saying, my name is Zambaldi and I own this, name the restaurant, pizzeria, blah, 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 whatever. Is there any way you can send me the beer? I would say there is no way that I can send beer to Italy. <laughs> well, we've, we've heard a lot of stories behind brewing breweries' names in the best way possible. That's the weirdest but also, I think the best. <laughs> yeah, I love it. We it's haven't had crazy. a real Zambaldi set foot in the tap room yet, but we're hopeful for that day that we can have some real Zambaldis in. They will for sure get their picture taken. Yeah, so if anyone out there listening knows a real-life Zambaldi, send them to Green Bay, Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah Come your, see your us, beer's please. on us. You guys do. <laughs> one thing I don't think that we've covered is how long has Zambaldi been open? Sure. So we brewed, we released our first beer in December of 2016 that we brewed out at Sand Creek. And we thought that it would take us about a year to get open, you know, end of 2017, early 2018. We have never 
built a building from the ground up mm-hmm. or started a business from the ground up. So it took a little longer than we thought. <laughs> and it was early January or sorry, late January, 2020 that we were finally open in the tap room. So you've so never done open. this before. So why not do it right before a global pandemic? Yeah. Right. I mean, it seems like the perfect time, doesn't it? Right, it, was yeah. not, it was not in our business plan to open at uh, seven weeks before a pandemic. You guys, you guys must've slept through that part of business school. Yeah. yeah, yeah and you know, right? Wade's got his MBA and we both have degrees in business. Uh, but global pandemic was that not on our squad in our business plan. Yeah, it would be now, yeah. but it you're wasn't right. that. I'm sure it's on a lot of people's now. Yeah, yeah, and when you're like, communal tables, let's all get together and make some friends. And now you're like, that's scary. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't talk to me. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah. So we're very lucky that we were open for the seven weeks that we were before the shutdown. Um, the community came out. Yeah. We did curbside as soon as we could, uh, three days a week. We were running growlers out to people's cars. Our bottling line was in shrink wrap, waiting for the team from oh. Nebraska to come and uh, set it up. But they couldn't travel because they were from oh, no. Nebraska. So we watched this big, expensive piece of machinery as people were like, beer sales are up in grocery stores. We couldn't cash in on it because our team couldn't come and set it up. But our community came out. Uh, we're still here. How is the year? And we're like, it wasn't what we yeah. thought it was going to be, <laughs> but we're still yeah. here. The lights are still on. Sure. Tanks are full. We're all right. And that's our win for the year. And yeah. What else could you here. ask for? Yeah. Yeah, and we're still married, which yeah, is also right. a bigger win. Success all around. Well, it's yeah. because he gives you such romantic Valentine's Day cards about exactly. the beer that he, he brewed you that one time. So yeah. yeah, you remember three years ago when he brewed me that beer? That's right. <laughs> that'll get you. That'll get you through the toughest of times. Uh-huh. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm just gonna print it on a T-shirt. Yeah. I brew you a beer <laughs> for Valentine. Well, so in your relatively short lifespan of being a physical location of brewery you've, you've had your beer out around for five ish years do you have any awards to any of your beers are you into submitting your beers to competitions or what were you at on that um we submitted to gabf the last two years we didn't bring home any medals we've won a couple of people's choice awards at Brewfest and things like that but yeah we do, we i don't spend a lot of effort on that honestly um it's really fun to win medals. I've worked at breweries that have won GABF medals, and that's really cool. I'm very proud of that sort of history in my brewing career. Not always beers that I brewed, but places I was associated with. But, you know, I, our focus is on that tap room and getting people in and having a good experience. And we'll continue to submit to competitions here and there. But, um, you know, the biggest win for us is when folks have a good experience in our tap room and love the beer. Yeah, I, I for sure agree with that. You've mentioned, David, that you had worked at previous breweries. So let's, let's, I guess, go back to, we started the conversation. You were home brewing in your army barracks. After you got out of the, out of the army, where did your career take you? And how did you end up professionally brewing? <laughs> it's kind of a long road. Um, right when I got We out got of all the, army, the time in the world. We got yeah. a lot of beer in front of us. <laughs> um, I moved back home to Green Bay. And I always thought my career would be as a scuba instructor because uh, I was a really avid scuba diver growing up and even when I was still in the army and traveling around. So I moved back to Green Bay, became an instructor. Um, I spent a year working on a liveaboard dive cruise down in the Bahamas. So taking people out uh, six days a week to dive in the Bahamas. Um, obviously, I didn't homebrew because I was living and working on a boat where I had a bunk with a little hammock for my gear. There's there's um, stricter rules than in the army on a boat for cooking. Well, your, it's not so much the rules. Right? They're just... <laughs> There was no feasible way to get a batch of beer made there. Yeah. 
But then I moved home to go to college. I went to UWGB and I did a ton of homebrewing. I was super active at homebrew club. I had a full bar and a kegerator in my basement. Um, and during the time I was at college, uh, Titletown in Green Bay was looking for an assistant brewer when they were still just in the depot. And I applied and got the job and spent, you know, the, a year basically in an entry level position where you clean kegs and clean tanks and clean the brewery. And it's a great way to learn a professional brewery because I had home brewing background. So I had some theoretical knowledge. Um, and then I met Abby and uh, we moved out to California for her to go to culinary school. So I took a break from professional brewing. And then eventually landed a job after we got married at Big Sky. Yeah, so I that was a great experience making pretty much not much more than moostrol most of the time, but uh, really sort of honing the process and making sure you hit your numbers every day and repeatability on a large scale was was a great education. Well, I too am a phoenix. I'm nice. a CW Green Bay. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yes. I was a communication major, though, not a business major. And he has not brewed me beer before, so <laughs> I have not heard him here, no. That's false. Yes, actually. he did. You're right. I That's know. false. I, knew he was I did help. Me. I helped once uh, with a, fr- a buddy of mine uh, who does some home brewing. Helped him uh, brew some beer, and I did give you some of that. So. Yes, you did. You're right. My apologies. <laughs> so, Abby, you went to culinary school. Where was the decision to not also make this brewery have a nice restaurant side of it as well? Yeah. So I think it it initially maybe was going to. So yeah, I have a degree from UW Stout. Um, in hospitality management and a minor in business. And then from there, uh, we moved out to California and I went to the CIA. Culinary Institute of America, not yeah. Best Buy. <laughs> yeah, okay. um, Just making yeah. sure that you don't clear. I don't want you to like, have to kill us. Right? Um, <laughs> fine, fine. Uh, yep. So I went yeah. to the Culinary Institute of America in Napa Valley um, and got a culinary degree. Um, and then I own my own catering company and we just kept kind of dreaming about this. And Working in restaurants, you learn that it's hard and that it's terrible hours and the margins are even worse. And it's a lot of managing people and it's it's a hard business. So we knew that in working in restaurants and I've worked in breweries and I've worked in restaurants that the good margins are in the bar. Um, so if we could figure out how to do it and have people be able to bring in their own food and have me have a little fun with the culinary stuff by figuring out how to make our own mustard and how to have a fun snack menu. Um, We could kind of combine both of our loves to do it. Uh, Running a restaurant is just a different beast. And we knew that we really just wanted to focus on the beer and make the beer awesome. So it's, yeah, we, I think in version 1.0, it was probably a restaurant and a brewery and a brew pub and in version, you know, 102, which we're currently (laughs) living, um, we decided that that was just not in the cards for this one. You know, if I, if I win the lottery, I think I'm going to get a food truck and park it outside of the brewery and that's what I'll do. Um, but anything short of that is just a different beast entirely. So we're, we're sticking to what we know. And yeah, working in restaurants taught me that I never want to own one. It's a good <laughs> use of your degree, right? It's like, I managed, I majored in this. I don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Better> <laughs> learned something. So. And we're so lucky to have Gallagher's next door who does know what they're doing on the kitchen side and does it so well. And it's like having our own pizzeria in-house. Uh, folks sitting in our tap room can call them and they'll bring your food to you right in our tap room. Um, so it's just, since those guys opened, it's just been tremendous having them next door. Yeah. 
Gallagher's is a Green Bay pizza like institution. Uh, awesome. And they have a full menu. I mean, from salads to sandwiches. So yeah, it's, it's completely delicious and definitely a Green Bay staple in the pizza world. The only downside to having them next door is my pant size. Yeah, we've eaten so much pizza since they opened is the only bad part. It's easy. Yeah, it's right, right there. It's on my home. Yeah. It's a little too good. It's always on your way home. Right, right. Well, you mentioned uh, you're focused on the quality of beer, so I think it's time to pour another another round here. We have your barrel-aged Welcome Bach, which is uh, aged in bourbon barrels, which is one of my favorite things ever. So mm-hmm. let's, let's pour that in. And, Talk to us about that while we're talking. So Welcome Bach is a lighter style Bach called a Helles Bach or sometimes called a Maybach that we brewed. Uh, so it's a strong German lager, 7.1% ABV. You know, as a lager, it ferments cold, it ages cold, uh, takes a while to sort of smooth out and fully attenuate. And then we've had a really good uh, working relationship with Hatch Distilling up in Egg Harbor, who we love. Oh, yeah. We love all of their products. Great folks up there. Their philosophy is meshes really well with ours. Um, they've been good with letting us know when they have empty barrels. And I love being able to drive 45 minutes away, pick up freshly emptied barrels and bring them down and fill them with our beer. You know, it's great bourbon. It's great. The bourbon's really the good. The bourbon is, yeah, it's fantastic. And knowing that those barrels have been handled well, they're fresh. I feel confident putting our beer in. And I thought this Hellas Bach would be a good match for the bourbon barrel that it would stand up to that bourbon character. So those give about a four month rest in those bourbon barrels. So it's not too, too long, uh, but it's a really good sort of, we've had this on most of the summer. It's a good summer bourbon barrel aged style. Yeah. And I, I've had a lot of barrel aged beers, but I don't know if I've ever had a barrel aged Hellas Bach before. And this is really good. It smells, it's, you can smell the bourbon. You can um, get that nice taste. Um, as you're drinking it too. And it, it's got a really nice balance there. It's, it's Thank awesome. you very much. Do you have a favorite beer style to brew? Is it, is it, is it fun to put your beer in an, in a barrel and have to walk past it every day for four months? Like, oh, I just want to try that. You know, it is. I got my first pro brewing job in 2006. So I've been doing this a long time and I've spent a lot of years walking past barrels. So I'm kind of used to it, but um, as far as a favorite style to brew, I love brewing dark beers because the, the whole brew house just smells incredible. Whether it's a porter or a stout or even a brown ale, those roasted grains, it's just like living inside of a chocolate malt for the day. It's just amazing. So, you know, anytime I brew a new style that I haven't brewed much or haven't brewed at all, we just did the signature beer for Lorelei's Oktoberfest, which is a modern style fest beer. And I had never brewed that style. We have a rotating Belgian line called the Alawanian. Each time we brew it is a different Belgian style. The current one is a Trappist style single that was inspired by our visits to Belgian breweries. And I had never brewed that style. So anytime, you know, I'm still a home brewer at heart. So anytime I get to do something new and experimental, it's always really exciting. We, we talked about you opening up just before <laughs> pandemic. So of course, COVID aside, what other takeaways have come about as far as opening your own brewery? And you know, what have been your biggest learning experiences since opening? I mean, I think it took a lot longer than we thought. Finding Mm -hmm. the right builder, the right financing were definitely things that were not in our wheelhouse. We'd never built a commercial building before. We've, you know, I mean, we talked to every bank in town, probably (laughs) 20 financial institutions. And we're like, how much is my 
Toyota worth to you and our modest do the kids I have this much yeah, collateral. Do the kids count as collateral and the dog is real nice. Like we're good people. We pay our bills. Yeah. Like, I mean, so I mean that yeah. part of it definitely find people that you trust. Uh you need a lot of good partners. We found a great builder, we found a great developer, we found a great bank. Um, but and I we think- we found a great municipality, honestly. The oh. village of Alloway. You know, we talked to a lot of the area municipalities. We really wanted to focus on the southeast side of town because it was an area that didn't have a brewery. But um, the village of Alloway from the beginning was incredibly supportive, incredibly helpful. I think without their commitment to this brewery, I'm not sure we would have made it through the process. There were several times that we had a meeting with someone or other at the village through this long, drawn out, this delay after that delay. And we'd sit down and we'd tell them whatever we wanted to talk about. And they'd say, we really thought this was going to be the time you guys gave up. We thought you were coming in to say we're done, but luckily we're both pretty stubborn. And, and as a partner, you know, we couldn't have, I I can't imagine anyone doing better than Alloway did because we wouldn't be here without all of their help through the process. Yeah. Our, our brewery's on a, a piece of property that had been the Alloway village hall. Um, and it had been vacant for 12, 12 years. years. I think. Uh, so we had to work through that, which was new and exciting. Um, but the village had caused the environmental issues. We've got a town dump on part of the property um, from 50 years ago. Like a pre-plastic landfill. Yeah. And then we have, uh, there was oil leakage on another part of the property. So the village had to clean it up. I mean, so we got to work with so this beer like might make us yeah, you might be you might be becoming a superhero. I can tell yeah. you that we've had every <laughs> um you know prevention and amelioration that the oh, DNR yeah. requires to have a food service facility mm-hmm. on this site. It's been poked and prodded to an inch of its life. So this is like the most surveyed piece of property in yeah. in the state of Wisconsin. So it's it's been pretty bananas, but working through this with the village has been nothing short of amazing. They had just done the the survey of what the village wanted. And so we, I think, fit that bill and they saw that in us. And yeah, we told them we were stubborn in the first meeting and that the brewery is also half a mile from our house. So, I mean, like this is literally our community. It's literally our backyard. So we wanted it to be here. And I think they wanted us just as badly. And so we made it work and they did their part and we did our part and we hope we're doing them proud. But yeah, I mean, it's delightful to be in a small town, but you know, it's really right next to green Bay. So it's, it's really great. Yeah. We couldn't have done it without the village of Alloway, but man, it was a lot more moving parts than we thought. It was fun and actually get to the piece that we knew what we were doing as the financing and the building and like, you know, fire mitigation systems. And we're like, don't even know. I don't. Do we have one? Do we need one? Did you put it in? Where is the switch? I don't. Require. I don't know. Like I have a smoke detector at home. So besides that, you're gonna need to teach me everything. I mean, it was. We've never done commercial builds yeah, before. Right. So I mean, once we opened the doors and could sling a beer, that's the part we've actually done before. That's actually what yeah. we know what we're doing. I mean, we've both been in restaurants since we were teenagers. My first job was in the kitchen of a supper club. You know, I've bartended, I've worked in kitchens, I've bust tables as a teenager. You know, we're used to that side of it. So yeah, I think patience and find as many experts and trusted <laughs> professionals who know more than you do would be our, 
our biggest of advice and find good partners. Mm-hmm. And a cool plot of land. That's really cool that you were in the former village hall. And now, in a way, a brewery is a different kind of village hall. <laughs> Gathering place of decisions being made after several beers. I'm sure they're great decisions yeah. being made. So that's that's a cool full, full circle tie in there in a, in a weird It's pretty kind of frequent that at the end of a village board meeting, the board members show up at the tap room. Yeah, <laughs> we definitely see a lot of village officials, and like I said, just being part of you know people buying houses, and there's there's folks having meetings at the brewery who will order like two beers, and you can definitely tell there's some high level business happening, and you know there's an inch gone out of the beer, but they just kind of need space, so they felt like they needed to buy something, but they really shouldn't be drinking. So I mean, like there's wheelings and dealings <laughs> happening, and it's cool to be that place for people and to be that. Definitely. The village hub. It's pretty cool. Yeah. You're the, you're the place where all the excitement happens. <laughs> In Alloway, Wisconsin. I love Alloway. And you're right down from the prison. Are, yeah. Is- it's between the prison and the hospitals. That's where you can find us. I always tell people, depending on how your <laughs> night goes, the hospitals are to the north, the prison is to the south. <laughs> uh, one street. Take your pick. <laughs> Don't go yeah, to the right. long one if you need the other. <laughs> <laughs> and so are you, you, you are relatively close to Green Bay. Are you the newer, newest brewery in the greater Green Bay area? We are at the moment. Yeah. I've heard rumors of some more in planning in the area, which I think is great. Um, you know, there's some businesses starting up that are doing brewery tours and I think you need enough breweries to sort of seed that. And I think the more breweries you have, the more folks come to the area to travel around, you know, being in the, in this industry, as long as we have, we know all of the other breweries and we, uh, you know, they send people to us and we send people to them. And whenever we get a chance to go and drink other people's beer, you know, we finally made it out to Stillman for the first time in ages a couple of weeks ago. And it was awfully nice to get out and have someone else's beer for a change. And but, it was like hugs all around because we saw the Stillman crew and they're like, they both love the <laughs> It's hugs all around because they come and see us on their days off. And it is, it's a community, which is really cool. So everybody is excited if you're drinking great locally made craft beer. So it's, it's not a super cutthroat industry locally. Uh, we're all friends and we all hang out. So it's pretty cool. There is one brand new brewery and I have not been there yet. It opened last week in Swamico station one. Brewery. Yes, I guess they are the newest one. That's right. And I've been, they just opened. I have not been there. It's been so on my list just to get up there and uh, bring those guys some beer and say congrats. And I'm hoping to get there this week. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. Let me know yeah, how we'll it do. is. It's in a fire station, I right? Think I don't think they have their own beer on tap yeah. yet. I think they're all guest tabs still. Okay, I did not know that. I believe so. I'm okay. not 100% sure. Yeah, but again, mm-hmm. it's so exciting because that's another corner of the greater Green Bay area that could definitely use a brewery for sure. And Anarchy. Exactly. I live in Howard. Yeah, they've got Anarchy up there and now they've got Station 1. Yep. I think having, yep. it, honestly, it's still a more the merrier kind of situation with craft beer. Absolutely. Which is what I just really love about the brewing industry too. The craft brewing industry is just, well, yes, in a sense, you're all competitors in a way, but you're also really collaborative and community focused and want more breweries because people have, our society has developed their beer, I guess, beer, their want for craft beer in that they want to go and see multiple places and they want to do a Saturday afternoon popping around to different breweries. And so it is, if there's more that are nearby to you, it, it does benefit everyone. And that's, that's just really great to see in, in this industry, in the, in the craft beer industry and 
and and hear from the breweries like yeah more breweries the better i mean in the in the process of our planning we got help and advice every single brewery in the green bay area appleton oshkosh i mean I know that if I have a question that I don't know the answer to, I can reach out to any one of these other brewers that I know and they'll happily answer. And I'm happy to do the same for them. And the quality of beer in the green Bay in the green, greater green Bay area is really yeah. good. All of the breweries just have, have fantastic beer. Yeah. And I think that's a, that's a symptom of having enough of us that we can help each other out. Well, I think our last question after we've had a great conversation here that we ask all of our guests is if you're not drinking Zimbaldi beer, what do you find yourself gravitating toward? Let's start with Abby. Ooh, that's a great question. Huh. Be- beer, booze, oh. non-alcoholic, whatever, whatever you want to go. Any beverage? You, any this doesn't mean like after the podcast, how much time do you have for <laughs> the evening? You start listening to every cocktail you've ever had. How much time do we have, guys? No. Um, so, you know, when you celebrate every day, um, you do find yourself drinking some cocktails. Um, we lived in Napa for a year. Um, so we have some great wine, um, that we enjoy. So we always kind of joke that people are like, oh, I bet you only drink beer. And we're like, honestly, wine and spirits and beer get equal uh, play in our household and in our liquor cabinet. So yeah, I'm a, I'm a, big wine drinker. I like really big cabs, um, big California cabs. Um, in the summer I do Sauv Blanc, um, but it's getting a little chillier now. So I'm transitioning back into my love of red wine. And then after a big day, a great day or a not so great day, I love bourbon. So in a cup, maybe with an ice cube, if I'm feeling fancy, but really just in a cup. What, what kind of, what kind of bourbon do you find yourself, uh, picking up? Regularly. So I'm a Maker's Mark girl. So I love Maker's. I love Maker's 46. Yeah, I honestly like, I don't have a ton of bandwidth or time to like <laughs> start searching around for the incredible bourbon that nobody's ever heard of and you can't get and whatever. Like it's at Costco and they make it in a really big bottle. It's a big and bottle I drink Costco. It frequently. So it's nice because it's a large format bottle and it lasts less grocery grocery. Exactly. It lasts a while and I'm already at Costco. So I'm a maker's mark girl and it gets the job done. But yeah. I'll, and it's delicious. So whiskeys. good. Yeah. So bourbon at the end of the day. But yeah. Um, otherwise any of the local green Bay breweries, honestly, we love still mink. Um, we went in there and had their Oktoberfest, and it was delicious a couple of weeks ago. So yeah. Um, that's me in a nutshell. (laughs) (laughs) The answer to your final question. (laughs) Um, and for me, I mean, you know, I, I always gravitate to beer first and, you know, I try to be as local as I can. Um, Man, lately I can't get enough of the Belgian Blonde from Noble Roots. I love Belgian beers and I just, I can't stop drinking them. And that's a fantastic one that's just super reliable day in, day out. Um, I pretty much always have Rocky's Revenge from Tyranina in the fridge, which is their barrel-aged brown ale. Phenomenal beer, under 6%, super drinkable. Uh, but, you know, big red cabs, big zins, we really like those wines. I can't get enough of Hatch's um, Doc Wall is their first single malt whiskey release. That, mm-hmm. oh man, that whiskey is just magical. It's so good. You know, and the fact that we know those folks and we've gotten to work with them over, over time certainly helps. But man, I can't get enough of that whiskey. It is so good. 
Hatch is doing some really, really awesome they stuff really are. Um, up in Door County. They're, I just visited there for the first time this summer, and they're, they've got some awesome stuff up there. And it's a beautiful facility. They've got a great patio. They're doing fun craft cocktails, and the product is good. So, I mean, like... Craft cocktails on tap. Yeah. Yes! <laughs> Which, yes. is, which is wild. So mm-hmm. fun. Batch cocktails. Because <laughs> then your poor bartenders don't have to shake each one. Like Exactly. Right. But they still taste handmade. Mm-hmm. And they're oh, they are handmade, just yeah. in a bigger batch. Which is so genius. Cause then you can just right. crank them. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's so yeah. smart. And I mean, we make the rounds of the local breweries as much as possible. I think that uh two stall from Anape, their chocolate milk oh, stout. Yeah. I'm a dark beer guy, so I always, you know, hand towards those, but your big season's coming up then. I know. I, and I mean, we do our porter year round and I drink it year round. I think it's fantastic. You know, it's it's light enough to drink in the summer. Um, I never get tired of that beer. Well, David and Abby, thanks so much for joining us today and spending some time on Pour Another Round. We appreciate you hooking us up with some of your Zambaldi beer. It's It's been a real pleasure getting to know your story and your background and how you came to be a brewery. And, you know, for our listeners, head to Zambaldi in Green Bay, in Alloway. nearby Green Bay, Alloway, <laughs> in Alloway, nearby Green Bay, and be sure to pour another round for us while you're there. Thanks so much for having us, guys. Perfect. This was a lot of fun. Thank you so much, guys. Cheers. 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 We appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of Pour Another Round. Be sure to follow us on your favorite social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Pour Another Round. We'll be sharing news and information from breweries who are friends of the show. You can also find out what we're drinking and hear about upcoming featured breweries as well. Until next time, be sure to pour yourself another round. <laughs>